coffee roasters, open in Pioneer Square in South Lake Union for takeout and soon indoor seating. Order coffee and more at elmcoffeeroasters.com. Hi, I'm Molly. And I'm Ella, and you're listening to Dig Deeper, a deep dive into the psychological explanations of social experiences, everyday struggles, and philosophical perspectives. Today, we are discussing the psychology of music, how it affects your brain, and why people like the music that they like. So to uh, start us off, Molly, can you tell us a little bit about the kind of music that you listen to and why you like it? Yeah, I love music, and I'd have to say that my favorite genre this is so hard because i just like all music Mm -hmm. you know but i'd have to say my favorite is like classic rock like music from like the 60s and 70s era i really really like (laughs) (laughs) um but i also love like more like modern alternative music yeah that's kind of the music that i'm mostly drawn to but i truly like it all okay so to give everyone a little background on molly Um, I feel like Molly is the type of person who has ox. You know the type of person. Um, So tell us a little bit about why you feel confident in the music that you listen to or why you why you feel um, so comfortable sharing your music. (laughs) I think that music just means so much to me. And I take ox really seriously (laughs) um like I'll never just like put on a playlist I'll like tailor a a cue that's like I know that people will like and like I'll play songs that I know people will resonate with people and I try to add some that I know that they know or that I like know that they will like so I guess I just like take it really seriously and I just love music so much that I think that the reason why I'm confident in my like music taste and like music picking abilities is because I just truly love it so much I can't even fathom people not liking it I don't know that might be kind of ignorant to say um but I just I just love music okay so then what about when people have extremely different music tastes to you I also love that because (laughs) I value so greatly like finding new music and even if it's something that I don't necessarily like vibe with I will still love to, like, know why they like it. And, like, maybe I'm sure there's some elements to that song that I, like, can appreciate or, like, Mm -hmm. that I really like. And there's always some elements to, like, all kinds of music that I can, like, appreciate. And I hope that they would feel um, the same. No, that makes sense. I feel like my hesitation comes from there's such connotations to listening to different types of music. And... I feel very put in a box if I was to say, oh, I listen to The Grateful Dead or Tame Impala or whatever. Or yeah. if I say that I listen to rap, I would feel very... Oh, as you say rap, I'm like, no, like, rap is one of my favorite genres. Like, I yeah. listen to probably more rap than I listen to, like, anything else, which is so funny because that's, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know why. Like, I didn't even think of that because maybe I was thinking more of, like, oh, how should I, like, present myself in, like, the way that I see myself? Whoa, yeah. <laughs> and I see myself more, like, listening to, like, 60s, like, that alternative. But realistically, like, most of the time I'm, like, listening to rap and stuff. And I didn't even think about that, which is so weird. <laughs> okay, okay, but why why didn't you say that you like rap? How did you want to present? I don't know. I think it was so subconscious of me. Interesting. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just – do you know what I think it is? Hmm. I think that I'm just not in the mood to be listening to rap in this single moment right now. Okay. Like, I literally, before you came, I was listening to the Beatles. 
So, like, yeah. that was fresh in my mind. But if you asked me, like, maybe later tonight when I'm, like, blasting, like, Shoreline <laughs> Mafia or, like, Kanye or something, like, I'm sure I would have an absolutely different response because in that moment, I was more in the rap mood. Yeah. So I bet that that's what's it. Like, you asked me what my favorite music is and I'm telling you, like, what my favorite music is at the single moment. moment of time. Also, it could be... I think where our music ta- taste overlaps the most is the 60s music. And, like, yeah. we saw the Dead and Company together. And, like, I feel like that's kind of the music that we listen to together. Yeah. I'm know. trying to, like, t- subconsciously, like, tailor to the music that I know that you like. I'd say most of the time, if I'm in the car, I have aux but I do get insecure about my aux ability, so I usually pass it on to someone else because I'd rather have someone else be stoked than me. No, because I feel like I'm not as confident in my uh, choices of music as other people. Because I'm not very confident in myself in general. Uh, I'm like, I don't want to be judged because of my music tastes. I think that I objectively have good taste, and all I think most of my friends also have the same music taste as me, so it makes it a little bit easier, for sure. Um, it's really interesting that we had this conversation because this was some of the questions that I was trying to uh, figure out as I was researching for this podcast. And some of my main questions were like why people are drawn to certain genres and like if it's our a difference in our brains or if it's more of like a different in our like experiences. And what I found is that basically uh, we like the music we think fits a certain identity that we want to be. So basically this is like you listen to classical music if you want to be perceived as an intellectual person. Or if you are a self-proclaimed rebellion and like to like rage against the machine, you may be more drawn to heavy metal music. And this was really, really true in the era of CDs and vinyls because people would actually have a tangible thing to collect. So they'd be collecting all these CDs. And like if you asked what a person's music taste was, it'd be really easy to identify because they would have a whole stack of like a certain genre or yeah. like more physical copies of like one music taste over another music taste. But now that we have such like a plethora of music readily available, it's so hard for people to distinguish even their own music taste because everyone listens to so much music and it's so easy to listen to so much music. So I guess that's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. It's such a, I feel like it's such a privilege to be just to have it all so accessible. The last song that I listened to was Funeral by Phoebe Bridgers. Fight for Your Right to Party by the Beastie Boys. I think it's Blue Coop. Yes, Blue Coop by Twin Peaks. Oh boy, I think it was Daddy by Psy. So I think one of the cool things about music is that it's the kind of thing that every animal, every organism in the world has some sort of connection to. Like It is a part of all life, I think. 
but then at the same time, there aren't any other animals that we know of that fully understand music in the same way that we do, that identify tone and pitch and rhythm and beat and all of those different aspects to music. We really understand it in a different way than other animals do, which is really cool. Yeah, I've heard this thing about, have you ever seen those like dancing parakeets that like bop along Mm -hmm. to the music? Yeah, and I was so curious, so I like, I looked at that but I think that they can only identify one element of music. So yes, they can like understand rhythm, but they can only understand rhythm. So it's really actually a unique experience for only humans that we know of to like fully understand the complex full spectrum that it takes to produce music. Okay, but also I feel like there could be a lot of aspects to music that we don't understand. Like if you think about echolocation or you know how there are some pitches that only dog like dog whistles that only dogs can hear like I wonder how much of the sound experience or of music we actually are missing it's kind of weird exactly just like the little spectrum of vision that we can see yeah I'm sure there's a equally small spectrum of sounds that we can hear yeah Open since 2015, Elm Coffee Roasters is devoted to high-quality coffee that's easy to brew at home and a joy to drink. At our rotisserie and cafe in Pioneer Square, Seattle, Elm obsessively roasts small batches of coffee that they source with a focus on sustainable practices that lift up the whole supply chain and protect the future of the coffee plant. Elm's goal is to make a truly exceptional cup of coffee, an experience you look forward to every day. Cafes in Pioneer Square and South Lake Union open now for takeout and soon dine-in service. Please use code PODCAST at elmcoffeeroasters.com for 15% off your next coffee order. Alright, so I wanted to talk a little bit about how your actual brain responds to music. So to start off, your temporal lobe is the part of the brain that helps us understand actual lyrics and then analyze the sounds that we hear. And then your amygdala is what triggers your emotional response to music. And the cool thing about that is that responses to music genres are pretty much universal. So if a classical song makes you feel focused or more calm, that's generally the same reaction that people around the world will feel is the same emotion that will be triggered in almost everybody. The same way that a horror film makes you feel fear or a battle march in a movie would make you feel excited. It generally is the same for everybody. Um, it's not necessarily a cultural thing, which I think is pretty cool. And then in your frontal lobe, that's where your opinions about music comes from. And that's why I think in this psychology, we don't have a lot of research. We don't really fully understand how and why we form these opinions about music. And then your cerebellum is where you make that connection between music and movement. So why you start tapping your foot to a beat, or I guess maybe why the parakeets start nodding their head. And it also is the part of your brain that controls your muscle memory. So in that same way, there's that connection between your movement and physical cues. And The cerebellum also ages very differently than other parts of your brain, which would be why music therapy is so effective and why people in comas still react to music, which is kind of cool. Um, And then your hippocampus is the part of your brain that stores information. So that is tied to how memories or songs trigger different emotions. Uh, So also something that's really cool when you're listening to music, it stimulates your long-term and your short-term memory in the hippocampus, which is why sometimes when you hear a song, you're brought back to a very specific moment years ago. So like 
I don't know, you're listening to a song in a car and you realize that you were in the same car two years ago driving down that road with somebody and it reminds you of a person. Like, music triggers that in you, which I think is very, very cool. That's so interesting. And how, like, you can just, like, associate songs with not even specific moments but like certain feelings that you like had exactly yes I feel like sometimes I can't listen to songs because it dictated like a part of my life it feels like a different phase in my life and now I'm out of that phase so I don't want to listen to that song anymore especially if it's like a bad phase and then it's like it's almost like it's alarming and it like it Mm -hmm. feels bad to listen to but if it was a beautiful memory if it was a good memory then like yeah I just like hold that song Mm -hmm. so much closer to my hard than like I would any other songs because it's like it feels important because it brings back like good feelings yeah like not even good memories but like good feelings yeah uh let's see it was like one of my first favorite songs ever it is called dance yourself clean by lcd senses and I was in a honda fit when I was little and I have a honda fit now so it's just fun. But we were rolling so fast through the woods and it was like the first song I heard through like a loudspeaker in a car and it was just like on a CD, it was, it was fun. And it's been my favorite song ever since. I don't know which one it is, but one of Benny's songs from her earlier albums, I think it was kind of like the whole population experience this phenomenon at the beginning of the pandemic when Benny like got popular and all of her music was just like felt like early 2020 summer like all her whole album that's it so partially why we wanted to do this podcast on music is because i find it so fascinating why people like the different genres that they like and all of that stuff so as i was doing research i found this article from thomas chamaro presmiak and it kind of explained how people listen to different kinds of music with different goals in mind. Like you listen to the music to help improve your work ethic. So like perform tasks better. This can mean helping you focus while studying or like driving or cleaning your room. You also listen to music because it combats boredom. It's just like something to listen to and in many cases to distract you. Um, I know for a fact that like every time I'm thinking of something I'm not wanting to be thinking of or just like I need a break from my like brain chatter I'll always put on music because that like it allows me to not just be so like focused in my head and then one of the main reasons why people listen to music is because it helps influence your emotional state so by this I mean like you listen to certain songs to achieve a certain emotion. So for example, you listen to pump up songs when you're working out. Um, You listen to sad songs when you're sad, or you listen to calming songs when you're feeling anxious. And I think that that is really crazy how music can actually influence your emotional state. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it totally can. I think in my head, music is very, it's either a distraction or it's me trying to like hone in on an emotion, I guess, or listen to music that feels relatable to me. You know, like that feels really good for me if I'm feeling upset about something like listening to music that I relate to in that specific way. Like I remember when I was a senior in high school and I was really sad about leaving. I'd always listen to like Rivers and Roads because the (laughs) lyrics to it were like they perfectly explained how I was feeling. And so I think in that way, music makes me feel very connected as well, which I think is another. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. 
I listen to pop punk when I'm happy. Songs I've listened to with people before. It's like a mutual songs. Probably like all indie, but on like the more upbeat side, like Naked Giants, um, Day Glow, etc. I listen to pop punk when I'm sad. Because <laughs> it's like, it can really cheer me up and it just kind of gets my blood flowing in like a really positive way. I don't know. If, I, if I'm sad, like, I don't really listen to music. <laughs> um, probably also still alt indie, um, but more on the like Lucy Dacus, Boy Genius side of things, Snail Mail, yeah. I think we all have some sort of experience with music making us feel better or of listening to music when we're sad to make us feel happier. And it really is true that music is good for you. There's a lot of evidence that you can use music as a treatment for mental illness or even physical illness because listening to music does change your brain function and it helps people heal. Um, so obviously in terms of depression or anxiety or PTSD, music can be really helpful, but it also in Parkinson's disease and having Parkinson's disease, it can help with hand tremors or with other more physical ailments. Music actually does have a positive impact. And then another cool thing is that the part of your brain that remembers songs isn't the same part of your brain that remembers how to talk. So in my experience with my grandma having a stroke, she lost her ability to form sentences at all. And then when she had her stroke, it was around Christmas time and there were carolers in the other room and she started singing along with them because the part of her brain that remembered those Christmas songs, it wasn't the same part of her brain than the part of her brain that remembered how to talk. So even after she lost her ability to conversate, she could still sing, which I thought was really amazing. And then another really cool thing is that the first sense that you develop and the last sense that leaves you when you die is your hearing, which I think goes to show how important music is or how important sound is to us as humans. Yeah, a vital sense. Clearly music is a very important part of our lives and we get a lot out of it as a species and also like universally amongst all different kinds of animals. Yeah, and independently and like music means something else to like something different to everyone, which yeah. is really cool. We love music. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much for listening. That was Dig Deeper. I'm Molly. And I'm Ella.